Hey, hey, cabin crew, just a heads up. I'm going to be playing my friend Courtney's trailer for her podcast, Haunts. Take a listen. Everybody loves a good ghost story. From the renowned haunting of the Amityville Horror House to the lesser-known curse of the Bassano Vase, legends of the ghostly and macabre have been fascinating and frightening us for centuries. But have you ever wondered if there's any truth behind the lore? Over the last eight years that I've spent as a paranormal researcher, I have constantly asked one important question. Is this a hoax, or could it truly be a haunt? I'm Courtney Hayes, host of the podcast Haunts, where every week I dissect another ghostly legend in an effort to find the truth that lies within. Listen to Haunts for free on your favorite podcasting app and help me to unveil the unknown. All right. So again, that was my friend Courtney, her trailer for her Haunts podcast, which is excellent. Courtney's writing style is phenomenal and as the way that she tells the story is even better. So please go give her some love. Go follow her on Instagram at Haunts. Also add her to your playlist. Make sure you get automatic downloads checked off so you can always be up to date on her new episodes. But for today's episode... We're going to have the pleasure of speaking with Joe, the founder of Astute Paranormal Group. Joe, along with his team members, Kyle, Eric, and Mike, have created a unique group that is driven by their passion for the paranormal. Unlike other groups that may be motivated by the pursuit of views or money, Astute Paranormal Group is solely focused on their love for contacting spirits and providing closure for those who seek it. Led by Joe's expertise and experience, the team has welcomed new members recently who also share their dedication to the paranormal. Together, they have developed a reputation for their astute observations and methods of investigation, which have helped them uncover evidence of paranormal activity in some of the most challenging locations. And one, by the way, place that they have investigated is Hinsdale House. So that one, I definitely know, probably gave them a little bit of a ride. They also have investigated Selma Mansion, Bolton Mansion, and Rockwood Mansion, just to name a few. Now, during this conversation that you're about to listen to, because it was pre-recorded, We will dive deeper into their experiences, philosophy, and approach to the paranormal. We will explore the challenges they face in their investigations and how they manage to stay objective in the face of seemingly unexplainable phenomena. We will also discuss their efforts to help those who seek closure and how they balance their passion for the paranormal and their commitment to ethical investigation practices. Of course, we're also going to get into a little bit about their careers 
they are actually police officers. And I just found that so cool because to be honest, we all know that police officers really dedicate their life to keeping our um, communities safe, us as citizens safe, and work long hours, long shifts, and are called out to duty whenever. I mean, it could be a drop of a hat. So I asked Joe to um, how he and the rest of them balance being police officers and also getting out there to investigate, but also how they use their training as a police officer in the paranormal field. So the first question that I asked Joe was just to tell me a little bit about himself, where he came from, how he started and what was his first paranormal experience so i want you to sit back take a listen uh make a drink kick your feet up and let's get into some good conversation with joe from astute paranormal group absolutely so i am born and raised in the they call it the great state of new jersey it has its moments um i've been doing the paranormal stuff, you know, professionally about five years, not professionally about 10 years. Um, like I, I was saying earlier, why didn't you hear me say it earlier? We try to, when talking about skeptics and like what we do, things of that nature, we always like to make paranormal the, the last possible option. So when I started this team, I'll go a little bit back on me. About five years ago, I started with a different team, and I was with them for about two years, two and a half years. Um, it just didn't um, – we didn't seem to click towards the end. I had, like, my own personal things going on. You know, at the time, I had just started uh, with my department. I was still enlisted in the military, so I was in and out all over the place, and I couldn't make certain investigations. I couldn't make every single event, so that's when – things sort of went astray. So I took about a year, a year and a half break. And then I was sitting down one day and I said, you know what, it's it's time. It's time to get everything rolling again. So I got a good crew of people that I knew loved what we did. Um, and we started Astute Paranormal Group. And I am actually surprised on how much it's taken off. Um, it's, it's, it's flooring to me, like we love it, how, how much support we're getting. Uh, so, yeah, we've just been rolling and rolling and rolling, and we're setting up new investigations every day. We're trying to do different things to sort of stand out, not be the typical ghost hunters, anything like that. We like to push things to a different level, but also bring like a like a, a human aspect to it, like a comic relief to it as well. Of course, of course. So uh, tell me a little bit about what are some of the unique challenges in investigating the paranormal that you've come across, Joe? So what I've seen through my experience is uh, interference. Interference is a huge thing. If you guys follow my page and see the videos that I uh, I make, I talk about how I have a love-hate relationship with EVPs. Um a lot of interference, a lot of trying to not let your mind say it was something. If I'm sitting in an old creaky house, right, you know, so in addition to the interference, it's, you know, you need to think about what's real, what's actually happening. 
you know, if I'm sitting in an old creaky house and we have all our devices set up and we're communicating, you know, everyone's on edge, you know, we're all locked in, ready to go. And you hear like a creak or a crack. Most people are going to say, oh, my God, did you hear that? Yes, I heard it. And that is something. Could it be paranormal? Absolutely, it can. Um, But we need to think, well, this is a very old house. This isn't something paranormal. This wasn't a spirit, anything like that. So the interference and being skeptical in your own ways is a huge thing. Um, Another thing that we deal with are skeptics in general, people that are skeptic. They're like, oh, you made that up. Someone's breathing. Someone's doing this. Someone's doing that. I wouldn't, you know, we have no intention of, you know, being these huge TV shows that do all these wild things and hear these crazy sounds. We just do it to have fun. So that's something that, like, I tell people, and I'd have to really, like, break it down. Again, like I said before, it all leads back to making something paranormal your last possible resort. So by doing that, and if I can scientifically and theoretically prove to whomever I'm speaking with that is a skeptic, if I can give them every single reason that it is not some that it is paranormal, if I can rule everything out. And then a lot of times you have people be like, oh, man, that's like that's spooky. And I'm like, yeah, now 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 you're finally getting it. So those are like the two biggest challenges dealing with interference and dealing with the skeptics that I've encountered so far. So, Joe, let me take you back to the first time that you had your first experience, because, you know, that we all even myself, we all have started as skeptics. So when was it proven to you the first time that the paranormal was real? So my very, very first true experience, this isn't, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to count, you know, hearing something like weird, something that, because I, again, I was a skeptic. I loved it. I was obsessed with it. But like, I needed this to be real. I needed something to be literally thrown in my face and say, look, here you go, you big meanie, this is paranormal. So my first really big um, experience that happened to me, it was the Devil's Tower in Alpine, New Jersey. Alpine, New Jersey, it's a beautiful area. I believe it's the richest zip code outside of 90210. So I was still in high school. Me and a couple of my buddies were like, yo, hey, let's take a ride up to the Devil's Tower. Let's, let's get weird tonight. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. Now, if I recall correctly, what you need to do is, well, let me rephrase that. The story behind the Devil's Tower is there was a man and a woman. They were married. They lived on an estate. The woman found out that the man was having an affair. She went up to the tower, and she unfortunately hung herself from the tower. And they say, you know, the rumor, you know, word on the street is if you drive around the tower backwards three times, that's when she'll appear and things will happen. And to me, I'm like, it's probably like 2.30 in the morning at this point. I'm I'm super tired. And they're like, Mom, we got to drive around. We got to drive around. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do it just to say I did it. I wasn't expecting anything from this. And just to preface, it was a warm summer night. I think when we got there, it was probably like 75 degrees. And those from New Jersey know that New Jersey can get quite humid and quite yucky sometimes. So we drive around the Devil's Tower backward three times. 
And we pull back into where we were parked. And I'm like, all right, nothing's happening. And we get out. And one of my friends was like, look up in the tower. And I'm like, what? And you see a very faint white figure. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's probably the reflection from the light. That's probably, it could be an animal. It could just be our eyes playing tricks on us because we're so tired. And then about a minute later, it got freezing cold. I don't know what the exact temperature was, but keep in mind it was 75 and humid. We all got freezing cold and wind just started blowing and it was freezing. And then we looked up again and we saw it was very, very apparent that there was something up there. And we started taking pictures. And at this time, you know, we didn't have any crazy phones. I think I had like my Samsung 2T239. So, you know, the picture quality wasn't all there. As we started taking pictures and we're all like bugging out and freaking out, it stopped. It went back to being warm. Nothing was back up in the tower. I looked at my friends. I said, we need to get the hell out of here now. And we hauled us out of there. And that was my true, my first true experience that really threw me. Oh, my. That is awesome. I mean, that's a great story, Joe. So let me. Let me ask you now, going into your group with Astute and the guys that you have found a good a good relationship to do this all with, where how how similar and how different are you guys? Like what's your balance in the team? Perfect. That's actually like a really great question. When I first decided to start the team, I wanted to find people that were passionate. I didn't need people that had, would it have been cool to have people with a bunch of experience? Absolutely. But in my mind, I was like, I know enough where I can teach people. If people truly want to learn what to do, I can teach them, they can be receptive, and we can watch them grow. So by doing that, I picked up, I spoke to Kyle at first. So Eric and Kyle, we all work together. Mike is a friend of Eric that kind of like tagged along and we eventually liked his vibe. So in talking with Kyle and Eric, when I was on the older team, you know, I tell them, hey, here's my card. Check us out. And they were like, you really do this? Like, we're obsessed with this. This is so cool. So that's how we all kind of linked up. You know, those were our similarities that we've experienced, that we both like had that love for the paranormal. And when it was time to create my own team, the first thing I did was I reached out to Kyle. I was like, look, now's like the chance. I'm starting my own team. I need people. He was like, yeah, but I don't really know much about it. I'm like, look, as long as you care, as long as you have some sort of heart and you're receptive to everything that we go over, I can teach you everything that I know. So we did that. And then we said, let's expand a little bit more. We got a third. We got Eric in on it. Um. We did our first investigation at Selma Mansion, and that was really like the test run to kind of see where everyone stands. Like you say, you know, what roles, how people interact with each other. And definitely I I took on the lead investigator role knowing it was going to be a lot. And I probably want to pull my hair out of my head that I do not have, which I have been doing. It can be a lot sometimes. What's what Eric sort of brings to the table is I consider Eric now like my right hand man. Uh, Kyle, of course, we're all very busy. Kyle has a lot going on. So I don't like to 
push too much on everybody. I sort of like to be like consistent and fair. You know, it goes back to when I was on my previous team where I was kind of shoved to the side because of my schedule and what I had going on. And I made that a point that I would never let that happen. So Eric has really taken on the role as my right-hand man. We were able to get Kyle in on it as well. He's doing more. Kyle was one of the originals. Uh, Kyle's wife, Jenna, she's great. She helps out a lot. She takes notes and things like that. And here comes Mike. Mike comes into the picture. Eric comes to me and says, hey, one of my buddies really wants to do this. He says like he can sense things and feel things. So really, all right, cool. We'll bring him along. He can tag along, see how it works out. Uh, Mike came to the Bolton Mansion, and we instantly clicked off the rip. He fit in so well with the team, and we I like to make everything like a team discussion or group discussion because I don't like to consider it my team. I consider it our team. Everyone does everything equally. We all have equal say and whatnot. So we brought Mike on, and he just kind of clicked so well. So everyone's sort of fitting in. We're still figuring it out. You know, it's only been about three and a half months since the team has officially started. And something that I did not announce yet, which I guess we can do it on here, was we do have two more members that have been added to the team. We have Erica. Erica, she will play as, I know we have an Erica and an Erica now. It could be confusing. Um, Erica is taking the role of our historian. Again, people hear what we do and they say, oh, I want to come along. And my whole thing is, hey, you know, if you can, we're at a point now where we're good on investigators. If you can contribute something to the team, I will absolutely bring you on. So Erica has been doing our research. She is so great. She's so thorough. She really like digs deep, pulling records from houses, all the owners, people that have lived there. She's amazing. And if you guys have also noticed, we started ticking up our videos, our videos a little bit. So I was able to bring on another one of our colleagues, Maurice. And all this is going to be announced on the page probably tomorrow. Um, he's now our official cameraman videographer. So like I said before, we're all trying to find certain places for everybody. And we're slowly getting there. It's, it's a process. But we started off crawling. Now we're walking. And eventually we're going to be running. That is, Joe, that is just so cool how you all came together like that. That, like, that's the best story that I've, <laughs> I've talked to. I haven't, I haven't talked like this on, um, you know, with a couple paranormal groups. It's just been in like chat, but that is like the most well thought out planning of a paranormal group that I think I've ever heard. To be Thank honest, you. and I Thank commend you. you for doing that because let's be honest, YouTube has taken a turn for the worst in the yes. paranormal field. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I'm thinking because of what you just said, the yes, that you agree with me that it seems like everybody and their mother are a medium. Yeah, They're I am so happy you said that. <laughs> Oh my yes. Yes. Can I do Joe, can I do a little um how do you want to say it? a little I'll do a little play of how I how it goes now, okay? Absolutely. Okay, in three, two, one. Couple girls walk in, very short shirts, <laughs> yep. big boobs, 
all of this, you know, all made up. And then all of a sudden, I feel something. Oh, really? I did, too. Did you feel that? Because I felt it, too. I was just going to tell you that I felt it. Oh. Oh, (laughs) what do you think it is? Wow, did somebody die here? Someone died. I'm sorry to cut you off, but did someone die here? Someone died in almost every single place that you're going to go. So, yes, somebody did die there. Doesn't mean they're still there, though. Right. And the other one, the other big one, I feel labored breathing. Well, when somebody dies, they labor breathe, people. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) So it's, it's actually really funny you bring that up. So we work with a network of actual mediums, extremely talented shaman. I'm this I'll kind of preface this if you want to bring this into a different episode. We do more than just hunting ghosts. We don't go out there with, you know, a REM pod doing crazy stuff. You know, we really take this seriously. We take all the precaution, everything that we need to do. So if we have a location, as you guys saw, I just announced that we're going to White Hill. So what's going to happen is I'm going to have one of my mediums or shaman, believe it or not, they can actually remotely read these locations and they can give us a full rundown of what we can expect, what to be weary of. So we will go there and knowing and making communication with names and people and they have been proven spot on time after time after time. Um, So again, going back to how we do our investigations, we'll have our medium or shaman go in, read it, give us a little bit of a rundown, an actual medium or shaman, just to throw that in there. Um, give us a rundown of what to expect. Before we even start the investigation, uh, we always start with an opening prayer, you know, just to make sure that we are protected in what we do, because a lot of people don't know you're messing with this stuff. Some really negative things can happen. So we'll go through our investigations and our shamans will be watching and be like, hey, this is going on. This doesn't look good. And if our shamans say it's time to get out, we drop what we're doing. We haul ass and we get out of there. And every time we're done with an investigation, we always say a closing prayer. We stage ourselves and we also send a picture of ourselves to one of our mediums or shamans for them to kind of give us a read to make sure that we're not bringing anything back with us. So that's something really important that people need to understand if they ever want to get into this. It's more than just throwing up a REM pod and asking, are you here with me right now? Because there could be something there with you that, (laughs) exactly, there could be something there with you that wants to do something bad. Well, that's my point of what I said earlier, how I was doing the little play, because my problem is There's so many people out there, Joe, that are not putting the respect into it. I don't like the fact that you are all forgetting that these people once lived a beautiful life. They once were the, the people that built and founded where we are today. You know, the, there's people that worked with their hands to build things. And I don't know, I guess maybe I'm just taking it a little off you know, off kilter. I'm, I'm very serious about it. I just don't like people, you know, that's why I said the way that you came, not only where you are now, but what you built from is so much more than just, 
I'm 23 years old. I want to become a millionaire. So I'm going to go ahead and do the new trend, which is become a paranormal investigator. We'll say I am. And then, you know, have special guests and this and that. You're doing this in the way that it should be done. You're doing research. You're you're letting people know, hey, this house isn't just a haunted house. This house has people in it that are haunting it like this name and that name. And these were people that were, you know, what they did in their life. And that's Absolutely. why I'm trying to um, interview more people like yourself and other paranormal groups because I want it to be exposed what there are real ones out there doing the right thing. And I think that's where skeptics are being misinterpreted because they're watching YouTube with 20 year olds doing this as a way to not work for the rest of their life. There are people that are putting their life into it, into this. This is work. This is research. They're learning about where the house's history was, who were the people living in there. And that's why I said I love the fact of where you started from, where you based the reason why you're doing this. And I want to commend you on that. And I think Thank more you. paranormal groups need to be interviewed. I, I don't hear many be interviewed because I think they're all being wrapped up into one. They're YouTube people. And there's not investigators that are not on YouTube. There are people like Astute Paranormal Group that are police officers that are not only protecting our communities, but are also going out there and, you know, investigating places and finding out more about the paranormal and that there's still important people <clears throat> walking this earth. We just can't see them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now can you, I know that you had said about the prayer and I remember um, when I used to watch Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Wraith Chasers, they always started with a prayer. Mm -hmm. And I always loved those guys. So besides that, though, can you walk us through what your typical investigative process is, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. So it'll start. We will find the location. Um, as you saw, Farrah, when we were setting this up, our, my schedule is all over the place. So. There was a little something here, something there. So the first thing we do is I scope the location and I look at available dates. So a lot of people don't know is when you do these investigations properly, money comes out of your pocket. You pay these locations to go there and investigate. Like you look at the Conjuring House, which I've been to about two years ago. It's going to run you about $1,300. To investigate there now granted is it well worth it if you if you have the passion absolutely so don't, don't mean to go off track with that so we'll find the location we'll look at the available dates that they have open i normally reach out to them um, i'm working on setting up a system where somebody on the team plays like a quote-unquote secretarial role because i've been doing all of it and sometimes it, it is a lot so We'll find location. We'll scout the location. We'll get dates. I'll look at it, list of dates. I'll, we have a group chat with the whole team. I will send the dates out to the whole team and say, hey, let's agree on a date. Which day can we make it? I can't do this one. I can't do that one, but I can do this one. Cool. We can do that. We can do that. Awesome. I'll go ahead. I'll book it. Everyone will pay their part. I'll book the location. 
I'll announce it on the social media. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. We're really pushing harder on Instagram right now. Um, Facebook is great, but we have a better following, a better audience, as I got linked up with Farah on Instagram, and it's great. So we'll announce it. We'll get everything rolling. We'll start doing our research immediately. I'll give the information to Erica. And within, like, two days, Erica has, like, three pages of everything that went down. And then we'll devise a plan. We'll see. Is this a big location? Is this a small location? Depending on that, we'll have our medium go in. Um, the mediums we work with, they are extremely, extremely talented, powerful people. Um, not to go, just to give an idea, not to go off track again. Uh, my brother had a demonic possession in his house. And we were able to use the shaman to kind of banish it and make it go away. So it's every day they're just proving to me how amazing and strong they are. So we'll have a medium go in, give us a read, let us know what to expect. Um, after we get that, all our information, we'll compare, we'll compare what the medium said to what Erica has. We cross-reference it. We're like, wow, he was spot on, as always. And then we'll create our plan how we're going to investigate. Is this a bigger location? Like we went to Rockwood Mansion uh, about a month ago. That was a huge location. So we had, you know, Team A and Team B. We split up. We make sure that we were in areas where there wasn't any cross interference if we were doing EVPs. So we create the actual plan of how we're going to do it. Once we get to about the time, it's time for the investigation. Something I love doing and I will always do this for every investigation. Every time before we investigate, the team goes out and gets dinner together. We go out, we hang out, we talk about what's going on, not just paranormal, just like everything in general, our lives, what's going on. After we grab dinner, we'll go to the location. We will do, we'll meet the, the curator or whomever the owner is that's, you know, letting us use the property, whoever's assigned to that detail. We will go around, we'll do our walkthrough. Writer normally go live on the social media for the walkthrough. Once the walkthrough is done, you know, they'll kind of say, all right, guys, have at it. We'll go out. We'll say our opening prayer. We'll get all our equipment together. Um, the way I like to do the equipment is, if you guys don't know, this equipment is extremely, extremely expensive. So when we get out all the equipment so we can have, you know, proper accountability of it, I like to do whomever takes one piece of equipment. That is your piece for the night. You are accountable for that for the night. So let's say I take a REM pod and a music box. Every time we leave a room, I'll make sure I have a REM pod and a music box with me. That's the only thing I'm worrying about. Everyone has the other pieces of equipment that they worry about. So after we do our opening pair and assign the equipment, we'll get to it. We'll be kind of, we kind of feel it out. You know, I don't, like we spoke about before, how everyone claims they're a medium. I make it very clear. Um, I have no abilities. I don't portray that I do. Can I pick up on if something's going on in a room like everybody else can? Yeah, if the room's really heavy, if it's cold. That's the basic stuff that I can pick up on. And we'll kind of take it from there. Hey, do we want to start doing some EVPs? Cool, we'll do EVPs. We'll get some of the equipment out. We'll get a tripwire out. REM pods, spear box, maybe do some sensory deprivation, and we kind of switch it up in what we do in all the rooms. Um, and sometimes we review the EVPs on the spot. We didn't do that with our recent investigation. 
we I actually still have to review that. That's on my to-do list today. As long as go to Trader Joe's and you know be a normal person. So sometimes I love Trader re- Joe's. Oh my God, yes, <laughs> sweet potato gnocchi all the way. Um, so we will. Sometimes we'll review on the spot. Sometimes we won't. So then we just kind of, and then we'll, we'll we'll take breaks in between the investigation. Like we were at the Hinsdale house. It's a very dark location. There's very, very dark entities there. So we'll stop and we'll take a break. Hey, how's everyone feeling? Everyone feeling anything? And we kind of take it for what it is. Do we need to take a longer break? Hey, go outside, get some air, things like that. Don't just keep yourself trapped in here. Just know you can go get air. And then we'll finish up the investigation. Again, it varies what we do in each room, each area, you know, spirit box, REM pods. Uh, We started doing a little more of the sensory deprivation. And then that'll be it. We'll say if everyone's satisfied with, you know, what we've done and what we have, then we will pack everything up before we get into the cars and head out. We'll do our closing prayer. I personally sage all my team members. We send pictures to our mediums and shamans to make sure we're cleared of all attachments, anything like that. And we suffer from a massive paranormal hangover the next day because we're all exhausted and nine times out of ten we're going to be stuck working a 16-hour shift the next day. Oh, my Lord. I don't know how you guys do it with that. I give you complete kudos. Seriously, Joe. And again... I, I think I hope I said it before, but again, thank you for your service. I also didn't know you were military. Yes, so definitely. Thank you for you and your family's service to the military, because, of course, everyone forgets about the family goes through it just as much yes, as the absolutely. Um, yeah. And thank you, of course, again, for all of your, um, you know, you're all police officers and, and, you know, protecting our community, especially now more than ever. Um, but another question I wanted to ask is what, how do I want to, how do I want to ask this? What are the misconceptions with the devices that you use? Because, you know, I do know they are very expensive, mm-hmm. but you know, when does it come to a point where you got to stop being skeptical? Because when I listen to an EVP, and I'm the one that takes it. And I know that nobody's talking. <laughs> and yes. I hear something. Or, okay, I, there, you know, I see people put a REM pod down. They put their hand to touch it. Okay. I see that it takes a person to go over and touch it. Everyone six feet back. But yet you still got skeptics. H- how do you go against that, Joe? Like, how do you... How, you know, were some of even your teammates at first skeptical about the different instruments that you use? How have you overcome that from the audience and from any of your team members, if any, that they were skeptical about it? Yeah, so um, that's actually a great question. And we do get that a lot. Well, how do you know that's really a ghost? That's probably just, you know, you standing next to it or somebody behind it. So it's, Really, the answer to that is extremely simple. There are steps that we take to midgetate as much interference as possible. Um, The first thing with EVPs, I actually, I'm going to try to pull this up as I'm talking about it. I created a quick list of rules. Um, Not rules, I call it tips and tricks. 
when it comes to the EVPs. I'm just going to just talk randomly about it until I can pull up these lists. So EVPs, like I said, I have an extreme love-hate relationship with them because they take so much time. Granted, you can get some of the absolute best footage off of an EVP. So I'm going to pull this up now. I apologize. I probably should have had it ready. Uh, it should be up here You're in good. one second. You're good, Take your time. Take your time. So the first thing. All right, perfect. Here it is. So the quick EVPs. I have this. I'm just going to read off the little thing that I made. Uh, EVPs, tips, and housekeeping. EVP stands for electronic voice phenomena. They are captured using an audio recorder. Spirits find it easier to communicate through the white noise when they are not able to manifest the energy to vocalize to the human ear. Below is a step-by-step -step guide to maximum success with EVPs. First one is find a quiet, calm space. Once recording has begun, everyone, with the exception of the investigator speaking, must remain silent. Never, ever whisper during an EVP. So to touch on that, if we're doing an EVP and somebody whispers by accident, I will out loud say, hey, that was Kyle saying that, because we don't want to take that for something that it's not. Uh, we will all introduce ourselves to the spirits. If anyone hears some form of interference, uh, example, trucks, cars, stomach growling, call it out so it can be noted during your music evidence. If asking multiple questions, give the spirits time to answer. That's something that my team really did struggle with at first and we're slowly getting better every now and then you know i'll chime in one person be like you know can you tell me your name the next person immediately how old are you like you have to give them a second you know
we kind of go by how the room is. If there's a strong draft, hey, we're not going to put the box there because there's a chance it can be picked up as uh, movement. So we take it for every little aspect and take everything into accountability. And all this is noted when I'm reviewing the evidence and I tell people this, 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 and that because of this. However, how could that have happened? And if a skeptic comes to me and says, well, that's not real, I'll ask, all right, tell me how then. Tell me how I made that device light up after I just told you everything. And they'll just look at me and be like, I, I can't. See, that's why I am so glad that I'm talking to you before any other group, because you guys seem like you have all the stops down pat from beginning to end. And that's that's a beautiful thing because you are bringing respect to the paranormal community. So bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Truly bravo. You that sounds. Dude, it's like you've been doing this for like 50 years, Joe. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> what What's the best EVP capture to date that you've gotten? So I think the absolute best EVP was when we were in the Hinsdale house. And I might have it on our page. Actually, you know what I can do after this? Farrah, I'm going to send it to you because I do have it saved. Um, when we were in the Hinsdale Send house. Send it to me, yeah, because I'll be I'll put it in the editing. When we were in the Hinsdale house, I am not going to lie. I was terrified. I was so scared because there's there's like bad stuff there, and like I have enough going on in my life where I really don't want to bring anything home. So that's when I was kind of a little more on edge. So at the end of the investigation, if you look at the videos, we were being, you know, provoked all night. We weren't provoking, but the spirits were provoking us. And something, if you're staying in, and this is a tip for a new investigator, if you plan on staying in your location that you're investigating, grab an EVP, introduce yourself, ask the spirits, is it okay if I sleep here tonight? Will I be safe if I sleep here tonight? And the one that really got me was I asked that. We were asking the questions nonstop. The first one was, I asked if I can stay here. I got yes. Everyone else got no answer. And then I sent, I asked another EVP, is it okay for everyone else to stay in here? Will I be safe? And you can hear in the EVP, he must be scared. And I heard that during my review. And I was like, okay. Oh, my God. That was it. That's the money shot. Oh, my God. Yeah, send that to me because I would to- I will totally put it in the episode so people can hear that. That's that gave me chills just hearing it from you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was definitely um definitely. Yeah, that that one got me. And another thing I can tell people, my big thing, me personally, if a spirit says my name, I lose my mind. That's when I always get super scared. I hate when they say my name and they always do it. So that's my kryptonite. Well, I could see that, though, because that would probably be where that would turn the tables for me. And I would be tremendously scared because that means that even if I might say, hey, stay where you are, you're not allowed to follow me. Wonder if it does. Again, we don't know the through in and throughout of the paranormal. We can sage all day long, but we don't know for sure if it's a demon, especially, you know, it has a lot of power to be able to follow you and wreak havoc on your life. 
So how do you think you being in the military and becoming a cop and actually all of you in law enforcement, how do you think that has made your paranormal investigations even more thorough? So that's something I'm really happy you brought it up because I was going to mention that um, when I was on the other team, somebody that I'm still extremely, extremely good friends with, he's an extremely gifted medium. Um, him and I always investigated together and he can see and hear things that normal people can't. However, I have, even though my hearing is incredibly bad from the military, um, I have acquired a certain sense of situational awareness. You know, I can pick up on certain things immediately. If somebody is saying something in the room or someone's feeling something, I don't know something's up by feeling what they're feeling because I don't have that ability. I'm able to sort of like see their facial expressions, you know, how their body stands. So I've picked up this, you know, really great um, situational awareness where I can hear even the slightest thing sometimes that other people be like, no, we didn't hear that. And they're like, no, it just happened. This happened. We saw this. We saw that. So me personally, I'm able to pick up on all the little things that aren't like spiritual based as in like abilities, things like that. And my team's also the same way. Like if you see us doing an EVP, we look like statues. No one's moving. We're controlling our breathing because we want to make sure we are getting everything for what it is. So that's something that we definitely have. We have that extremely heightened sense of situational awareness around us and what's going on. And if somebody's feeling something in their room that they're not saying, it's as easy as, hey, what's up? Are you good? And they're like, no, this. Yeah, no. Tell me what's up. Well, I got this like pain right here in my stomach. I got a pain on, on my back. You know, it feels like it's burning. You know, push comes to shove, I'll go and I'll look. That person has a scratch on their back, which has happened. Not what my team has happened, but on my previous team, it did happen. Somebody got cut really bad. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, let's check it out. And they had a scratch on their back. I was just I was just going to ask you, what has been the most terrifying experience of you all as a group? That is... That's a, that's a really good question. I want to say the I think the the scariest experience that we've had so far, um, hands down, was at the Hinsdale House. On this team, so we went to the Hinsdale House, and if you guys saw our walkthrough on social media, once we started doing the walkthrough, our devices were going absolutely crazy. And I was physically affected in there. You know, me, I consider myself in decent shape. You know, I run, you know, about like 10 miles a week. I try to keep in good shape. And as I'm walking in this house, I just got so winded out of nowhere. And I'm like, what is going on? I got extremely tired. Our devices were going crazy. And we set a REM pod. Um, so in the Hinsel house, there's a kitchen and the stairs go up and it breaks off into like two separate areas. We set a REM pod and a tripwire at the top of those stairs, and that REM pod was going absolutely crazy the whole night. And the reason behind that was whatever was there wanted us to go up there. And something that I mentioned in my videos before, if a spirit wants you to go somewhere, you do not go. You go there when you're ready, because especially in a location like that, 
you don't exactly know what's waiting for you. So we told the spirit, go ahead. I I know I was just going to ask you, what did you think of that little closet upstairs? Oh, where the mirror is in the Hinsdale house? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. My, that's my favorite place. That's my favorite place. Granted, I've never been there, but I'm talking about when I watch investigations. That is the place that gives everyone. I personally think that there is some type of like portal slash vortex there for like the comings and goings. But what was your experience with that area? So. Per our shaman, that is not necessarily a portal. It's not an active portal. Um, I can take a picture of Mira and send it to one of our, we call them spiritual advisors. Um, I can take a picture, send to them. They can be like, hey, yeah, that's 100% a portal. Um, it's not an active portal, but there is dark stuff that comes in and out of there. And a uh, technique that we did was called scrying or scrying. Some people call it differently, where you essentially look in the mirror straight ahead. You point a light in the mirror and if something wants you to see something, you will see something. And we were doing that and we were seeing like people walking around in the mirror. Um, it was very brief. There's no way, unfortunately, to record that because it's what you're seeing. Could it have been my mind playing tricks on me and me wanting to see something? That is absolutely true. It could have been that. That's why I really didn't post that. On the videos, on the review, I mentioned it, but I didn't go into detail because, again, I can't scientifically prove that. So we try to make sure everything we do put out can be scientifically proved. But um, yeah, but you got to also you got to also, Joe, share your experiences because there might be people out there that want to tell people what they've seen and they're scared to. So Absolutely. the fact you can say now, okay, now look, I'm going to post, now this is our actual investigation, but in case you want to know what my experience was to help maybe any of you out there that don't know what to say, what you've seen, because some people, when they've scried, um, they have seen where their faces droop. Like they get older, they get black eyes. Um, there's something that will come up behind them. Now, hearing what you experienced, I've never heard that before. And that's like really intriguing because that almost seems to me like whatever it is, because, OK, it's not proven, but it was your experience looking into that mirror, seeing people walking. Is that is that a different time period? Is that like, is it showing you future? Past, yeah, and and so, you know? you know, that that goes to the reasoning why um, I made the decision not to go too far in it because I can't recall um, what they look like, what they were wearing. It was very brief. I saw people walking for a second. So I like to have some sort of um, sustenance to it, if, if that's the if that's the correct word. I can say when our one of our spiritual advisors who came with us, he previously went to the Hensel house and his eyes did turn black in that mirror. He did tell me that, which is something that was a little crazy. Yep. Goodness. Now, do you think the Hinsdale, do you think it's the house or the land in your experience? So it's a little bit of both. 
Absolutely. And like I said before, we take the utmost precautions. When our medium read the house, um, he made he was speaking with one of the Indian chiefs of the land. And he asked permission if we can come there. And he said, yes, but bring us offerings. So before we even got to the nitty gritty, and this was very unique to Hinsdale House, uh, we blessed the land completely. Um, we kind of got into character. You know, we weren't jumping around, you know, acting like Native Americans, but we put on Native American music. We were walking around. We were saging the property and we had little bundles of tobacco. And our medium told us that's what the chief wanted. So throughout the property, we placed bundles of tobacco as a giving, an offering to the land, thanking them for allowing us to be there. Um, the giving tree, the offering tree, a little uh, about a couple steps away from the main property. It's also connected to the property. Uh, we bought arrowheads and we left them there. So that was the one location where it was unique as to where we blessed not only the house we were in, but we also had to bless the land. And that was per our medium. And the chief requested that. That is awesome. And that's what I heard everybody does do is you got to put something. I even put tobacco in the cave that's behind my house before yeah. I started investigating it because I knew that the Cherokee and Chickasaw were here. Um, so I we did that. We put tobacco and I think we got a better. Um, I don't know how you want to say it. Uh, we got better uh, results. Yes, results. It wasn't it, you know, because at first it would it felt a little heavy and then it kind of gotten a little lighter after we did that. Not saying that I don't still feel heavy when I walk in there sometimes, but it's kind of balancing out, I guess I want to say. <laughs> you no, know, no, absolutely. But, um, you know, two more questions and then we'll wrap it up, Joe. But my now, going back to all you, when you started this as a group, mm -hmm. pick one of your guys that was more of a, I like it, but it can't be real. What was his turning point? You know, so it wasn't any of our original members. It wasn't Kyle or my, or uh, Kyle, Kyle or Eric, excuse me. It was Mike. Um, Mike was like, yeah, man, like, I've always been into it, but, like, I, I've had experiences, but I haven't really, like, had it thrown in my face. Like, I don't really. So we took him to Bolton Mansion, and he walked out, and he was like, wow, that was absolutely amazing. And in addition to that, I mean, to keep rambling, uh, Maurice, his first investigation was Rockwood Mansion. He said the day after, yeah, he was tired. But he had never felt so alive. He felt so alive and so in tune with himself afterwards, which is why he wanted to keep coming along. Ooh, I like that. I've never heard someone say that. Absolutely. That's, ooh, that just gave me chills, Joe. Yeah, that's what chills he told us. Because, see, that's what I mean about the YouTubers or people that don't take it to the right level. They take it for the level of watch this video and like it and subscribe so we can come back here and do more videos for you. I don't want to hear that. Like, I want to hear what you just said. I want to hear that it has turned someone's life around 
in some way that they've become more in tune with their spiritual self. Like, what are we getting out of it? That's what I want to know. That's why I want to keep, you know, speaking with, you know, all you people that are really in the paranormal investigations, because there has to be something more than just it's fun. I know it's, it's exactly that. So I actually put a video out not too long ago, kind of talking about everything uh, you were you brought up and I made it very clear. I did not start this group so I can make it on the travel channel so I can get a huge show. I didn't start this group to get a million followers. I didn't start this group, you know, to get girls to do any of that. I started this group and my team is in this group because we absolutely love doing it. I can care less about a show about the money. I have a very good job. I have a pension. I have excellent insurance. I have everything I need. So I did this strictly for passion. I'm not out there. Um, I'll, and a lot of teams, you know, no offense to them if that's what they choose to do. But a lot of teams, you know, they're they're spending copious amounts of money on advertisements and doing this and doing that. My page grew to almost 1,200 followers in three months. And I didn't pay a dime. And I refuse to pay a dime for any of it because I wouldn't care if my page had two followers. I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. It just so happens that everyone else enjoys it, too. See, that's that's what I mean is the difference. And, and, and like I said, I just I guess I'm more in tune with my spiritual self that I these are still people like this. Absolutely. Is, this isn't for you to go in there and make fun and 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 ask them 50 times to kick a ball down the stairs like these were people like come on you know like no, i absolutely. just it, it just bothers me it bothers me so the fact that you're doing it and you're damn right it is expensive you're putting out the money for it and more people need to do that because there are real people like me that do want answers though mm-hmm. from real people like you that are doing it not a fan base it's it's you know, I, I really want to like follow what you all are doing. So what would you our last question? What would you recommend someone getting started with YouTube? But we'll be honest, a lot of them are in the younger generation, of course. Mm-hmm. But what would you say that if you're going to start it and do it for a right reason or the right reason, do it the right way? And what then what they really should get out of it. So the first thing I would say to whomever wants to get started is you need to educate yourself. Know as much as you can. Um, it is written. And again, I have like I'm not like a micromanage, but I have like things to help everybody out. And I put it in our. Um our new investigator tips and rules, you know, become a subject matter expert, like try to know everything you can about what you're about to do. Um, I'll just run through a couple of the new investigators tips and rules that I created. Um, No provoking, be respectful, talk to the humans. If they're human beings, what they are, be specific, listen to your instincts and intuition. Absolutely no drinking or drug use during an investigation. Learn your equipment again, become a subject matter expert, know how to troubleshoot properly and safely. Always be a skeptic, know your location. Um, There's just a few like the tips and tricks that I made, like new investigator tips and rules. 
But that's it. You need to know that if you want to do this, it's rewarding, yes, but there are times where you can put yourself in danger. And, you know, we can save this for, I don't want to go off topic, but I've had stuff before investigations literally come and mess with me and, and hold me down, sleep paralysis. That was recently. Um, you need to know what you're getting into. And you need to understand you're not going to blow up overnight. No one cares. If you do this for the love of it, you're not going to care about blowing up. We didn't even start a YouTube until we had some sort of like following base. You know, I was putting all my videos on. I'm still as of right now until I can get Maurice up to par. I'm making all the videos myself. I've never done this a day in my life. But you know what? Hey, they come out OK. So I'm learning new things every day. And that's something someone else should do if they're going to get into this. Be receptive. Be open. Be communicative. Know everything. Study everything. Learn the rules of energy. There's more to this. You need to know about the universe. You need to know about the seven rules of life. You need to know about, you know, spirituality, you know, soulmates, twin flames, past lives. There's so much more involved in this and it's overwhelming. But focus on one thing at a time and the other things will fall in line. That's my best advice I can give somebody. That is like the most perfect advice. Exactly how you said it, Joe. Oh, my gosh. I, You know, listeners, cabin crew, if you want to follow any paranormal group, any group of paranormal investigators, Astute Paranormal is your go-to for everything paranormal. Because if you're looking for that realism, here you go. Get off the tube. Get off where it's just, you know, a bunch of fun and games. If you really want to know about the paranormal, pick a group to follow I highly suggest, a, you know, Joe and the Astute Paranormal Group. Uh, Joe, tell everyone where you can be found on social media, all your all your little go-tos. Absolutely. So we are on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Our handle is Astute Paranormal Group, A-S-T-U-T-P-A-R-A-N-O-R-M-A-L, group, G-R-O-U-P. Um, we're extremely heavy on Instagram. That's where the base of our following is. A lot of our stuff is put out there. Like I mentioned, the stuff that happened to me before, before Hinsdale, there's a short video about that and me talking about it. Um, we're slowly migrating our videos over to YouTube. However, I'm not dedicating everything to YouTube. I want to keep everything on Instagram for the most part. But there are things on Facebook that we post. There are things on you know Instagram that we post, YouTube that are all separate. Uh, we recently did a giveaway. So we're really starting to get rolling in. We take pride in, you know, incorporating our followers and our supporters in everything we do. So give us a follow, like our videos and stay tuned because we have a lot coming up. I'm I'm trying to load the summer up with as much as I can. All right, cabin crew. And that's a wrap on another episode of the conversation cabin. I hope you enjoyed my little talk with Joe. Please do go follow them on Instagram. Uh, give them some love. I mean, you know, to be honest, if y'all like watching the crazies on YouTube, do, uh, you know, scream at ghosts and we'll go back here at this place. If you get our video to 50,000 likes and all that hogwash, then you can at least give these guys some love and really get into what they're doing because they really are the real deal. And I thought that's what we are supposed to be looking at 
when we're finding people to uh, watch their investigations. I mean, so many people like to leave negative comments on channels on YouTubers. Uh, You know, that's fake or you could have done that. Well, you shouldn't even be watching the paranormal in the first place if you're going to be so negative and critical. Um, Because somewhere along the lines, there are people that have shown that the paranormal is real. Where you've been, I don't know. But if you're going to at least criticize and critique, then go and check out Astute Paranormal Group and let's follow and support their journey into finding the answers that we all want to know. So let's do some updates real quick. It's been a while since I've done some shout outs. Um, You know, you just get so wrapped up in researching and writing and editing. And so I would like to give a shout out to Twisted Chamber, the host Kat and Natasha. Uh, Go check them out. Their spot, their uh, podcast is awesome. They really get into some great subjects. Their most recent one is about near death experiences. So I highly recommend that you check them out. Also, let me go and look. Oh, Spooky Appalachia. Jimmy. I see you, Jimmy. And uh, Carissa's Podcast Hour 2022. Definitely thank you so much for being a supporter for me, Carissa. I really appreciate it. Dinner, Murder, and Mystery, which is another of my newest followers, Um, Also, Voices from the Mausoleum. Give a shout out to them. Um, Of course, Down the Rabbit Hole. You know who you are, David. And uh, my friends, of course, where the weird ones are. Kevin, I hope you're doing well, my friend. The Cryptid Huntress. People, go and check her out on YouTube. You want to talk about somebody quite intriguing. She does remote viewing, discusses cryptids, paranormal, everything strange and unexplained, and she is also the real deal. So please go check her out. Go give her a follow. The Cryptid Huntress. Um, let's see here. My friend also podcast, which is RFN Opinion. Host Sunior gives a wonderful, um, he just talks about things that are on his mind. A lot what we're all thinking that we don't want to say because God forbid we get canceled if we speak our truth. But anyway, uh, go follow him. Go take a liking to his podcast. Um, and of course, my friends Haunts podcast, Vicky from Mrs. Spooky Obsessed and Amanda and Rachel from One Nothing podcast. Um, if you have not added them, please do make sure for everyone that I've mentioned you have selected automatic downloads so you're always notified to when their new episodes have come out and dropped um also let's see t encrypteds uh thank you for being a wonderful follower of mine i appreciate your support the cutest cryptid as well let's see um do do 16 percent nation if you like everything spooky and cute go check them out Use my code, which is Explore Your Strange, and um, it helps actually support my podcast. They have cryptid plushies handmade, by the way. But go and check them out on Instagram as well. They have 
plushies, Mothman, Wendigo, um, the Yeti, Bigfoot. Oh, they're so cute, but spooky still. And other than that, um, Saturday coming up, McKamey Manor. By God, this place looks fucking terrifying. It's a haunted attraction that not one person has really made it through. Actually, the uh, part of the research that I've been doing shows that they will pay you $20,000 if you can complete the challenge. And no one has done it yet. So, um, hmm. But stay tuned for that episode on Saturday. And I got some great episodes coming up. Jack the Ripper, a UFO case that um, I love. It's from Brazil, and I cannot wait to tell you all about it. Some of my uh, episodes you will know. I try to make it seem more like an audiobook to kind of bring it out, to bring the characters out, change up the music, get you just to pull you right in. Because what's the point of listening to a podcast if all you do is listen? I want you to envision you being there feeling the goosebumps the scary parts so um if you have any suggestions of anything that you want me to cover email me at the conversation cabin at gmail.com and other than that cabin crew until next time explore your strange <laughs>